having an amazing Tuesday. I know that I sure am. Actually, I'm filming this on a Friday, but I'm so happy that you decided to join the No Haters Club podcast today. If you're new here, my name is Claudia Campbell, and I am a speaker and influencer, and I really just love Jesus. And my goal through this podcast is to help you live 100% who God created you to be, um, in the world of all these opinions and in haters so I'm super happy and to honestly just bring a smile to your face help you realize that the struggles that me and you face you're not alone in them so I just want to keep it real here anyway um today I have my loaded tea for some energy it's super cute I spent way too much money on this drink I was super bored today though but it's the end of the year so I thought I'm gonna treat myself today I'm super excited for the guest I have on today. His name is Elijah Voskamp. He is a young person, an influencer, has a good following on TikTok. And I think that he is going to drop so much wisdom. We're talking about unity, community, fun things. And I hope that you just enjoy this episode because I know that I sure will. Um, I'm not going to waste your time anymore. Let's do it. Catch me if I fall. I'm doing great. Okay, so start off the podcast. Tell us how your day went. Did you do a lot? Did you do nothing? How's the day going? Um, it's kind of been a slow day, honestly. I woke up pretty late, early, later than I wanted to wake up, but getting got some school done. Um, worked a little, worked out a little bit. So <laughs> that of... sounds like a good day, honestly. Um, I feel like getting up late sets my day off sometimes. So yeah. it's weird for me. Um, but also today, like for me, it was a pretty slow day too, because it was a rainy day and rainy days always make me like slower and everything. But um, anyway, you're homeschooled, right? I am. Okay. So do you love it? Do you hate it? Tell me, tell me about it. Homeschooling is like one of those things that you, you love it some days and just hate it other days. Like it's great because you work on your own schedule. You can like incorporate things like I can do like Bible study as my school. And so it's just perfect. Like I can, I can have a lot of those different things, but it's hard because I don't have a very set schedule some days. And then, you know, sometimes my parents aren't here to get me out of bed. And so I have to have a lot of self-discipline and that gets difficult, especially going, you know, up into high school, it gets, it gets tough. So yeah, but overall, I would say I love it. It's just, there's some days where it's like, it's just difficult. So. No, I totally get that. So for the podcast listeners, for the podcast people, I don't think I've ever really talked about this on much of my like social media, but I used to be homeschooled. I was homeschooled for from kindergarten to sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, I started going to a school. But it honestly made me kind of a freak of nature because I just like, I don't know. I know that some homeschoolers can be social socially awkward. Tell me how you think about this. Um, but I think both of us tend to be more on this like side of like the homeschoolers who I, I don't know how to describe it, except they're just like cool people. Like they are very comfortable yeah. in their own skin, skin, very original. Like I have found that there are some homeschoolers who you just love being around because they're homeschooled. Like they don't care as much what people think. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they'll just do sure. what they want to do. And also they tend to have like their own things, like their own hobbies that they really enjoy yeah. doing self-driven stuff like that um you mentioned being disciplined which I I think it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately like it's really hard to be self-disciplined yourself um you could be like I am the least disciplined person ever I don't know you seem to be like somebody who is pretty disciplined but how do you how do you keep that like in front of you you know yeah so I have a planner I can like I have it right here actually and it's just a mess like I can I open up this thing and there's just endless notes plans like I have so much different stuff that I have to get done throughout my day but when it comes to really disciplining myself sometimes I'll just look at that and I'll be like there's no way I'm getting all that done and then I'm just like <laughs> maybe I'll just you know sit on my phone today and not do any of it and so what I tend to do when I really want to be productive is I'll kind of write down specific things that I like have to get done. And then all the miscellaneous stuff, I kind of just leave for later because I know I'll have so much other time in the day. Like days are really long when you get bored, like they can go by hundred percent, but like there's so many times where being homeschooled, I'll just get super bored throughout the day. And so I find myself just endlessly scrolling on social media, not getting anything done. And then, you know, 
I tell myself, oh, I just don't have enough time, blah, blah, blah. Like I really get into my own head sometimes. And that's the biggest thing with disciplining. Like you have to, you have to understand that you have enough time. It's just like your mentality approaching it. So I try to, I try to get the specific like main things done first. And then once I do those, then I already have enough motivation throughout the day that like the other small things, they're just like a breeze. So Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I try to do but I'm not no always what you said about like you have stuff to get done but then you'll just like get in the time warp of your phone oh my goodness oh, yeah. I fall into that trap so I am super I'm super driven I have like a ton of things I have to do all of my friends you can ask them like I'm borderline a workaholic like it's not great yeah. right I'm always yep. doing something going from thing to thing And so, but there will be times when I'll be so exhausted. And I feel like that that's too, like organization and discipline is really good because like whenever you put so many things on your to-do list and it like overwhelms your brain or I have found with me, it overwhelms your brain. So then you're like, oh, I can't do any of this. So I'm just going to do none of it. And I'm just going to sit in bed or like for me, because I'm an influencer, like I'll be like, I'm just going to do some like research on what I'm going to do. And then I'll just scroll for yeah. like two hours. I was like, girl, that is not research. That is not you doing your stuff. That is literally just you being on your phone or whatever. But okay. So are you like super organizational or are you somebody who's just more like, you just try to get everything done and it happens. <laughs> I kind of, I think being homeschooled, I've kind of adapted this like very relaxed lifestyle. So sometimes mm-hmm sometimes I'm really on the less organized end, but then I'm somehow really productive through it. So like I'll have a ton of stuff that I need to get done and I'll do probably three quarters of it, but you know, I just kind of miscellaneous things throughout my day that I'll do. And I'll like write them down. Like, you know, you kind of did that, but you didn't really do that. And so there's days where I will be super productive. And like most of the time when I'm really productive, I do have to do it on a set schedule but if I want to be like, just kind of a relaxed, like, I guess, active in the day, rather than just sitting on my phone, I might not get all the like really important things done, but I will get a lot of stuff done. And though mm-hmm. those days are just super relaxed and miscellaneous stuff that I can just check off the list. Cause I'm, I don't know. I like to have things clean and like nice and just like in order, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I don't think I have ADHD, but like I can get, <laughs> I can get so like focused on one thing and then something else comes up and I'm like, even if I write this down, like I just want to do it right away. Like I can't, the moment I think about something, I have to get it done. Otherwise I won't have any motivation to do it later. So most of the time my days are just a mess, honestly. No, I, I totally get what you're saying with that. You're No, cause I've had, I've had the thought several times. I'm like, I don't think I have ADHD, but like, do I? Because like, sometimes I wonder, I'm also like low-key a clean freak. I'm not, there are some people I know, they are like clean. Like you will never go in their house. No, you'll find like every once in a while, I will have like, like dirty places in my room that I need to pick up or whatever. But I hate it when things are out of place. Like I have to put things in the right space. I have to put things away, like all of that stuff. Um, But anyway, I wanted my audience to get to know you a little bit more. So I like asking like these kind of like silly lighter questions sometimes at the beginning. For everybody who doesn't know, I met Elijah through TikTok. We were at, so we were at a content creator Zoom. And one of the things they challenged us is like to reach, which that Zoom was amazing. I thought it was, wow. Like one of the top 10 experiences of my life. Like there were just a lot of people we were in the Absolutely. thing that we wanted to do who were just like dropping wisdom and I want to say I don't know for sure but I feel like you were taking notes too I think like we were yeah, some of the only I two I, so many. listen I still have a notebook full of all of the notes that I oh, took yeah. from that content creator zoom and I look back in them um but one thing they challenged us is like to reach out to some of the other people to find that yeah. like community within so like just being able to be like yo look at this hate comment I got whatever like you know Anyway, and so it was really cool. Elijah was one of the ones I think that I reached out to and was just like, you know, you're doing great. It was good to see like another person on that content creator Zoom. So that's pretty much how we started. And then we just were like supporters of each other on social media. Because I find that like whenever I have a friend doing social media, you get so many hate comments. Like you just need sometimes another supportive voice, another um, person there that's like, good job applauding you. 
Um, so my first kind of silly question, you're on so you're on a road trip, right? You go to a gas station, you're like four hours into this road trip, okay? You're a little tired, you're with the fam. Oh. What's your go-to gas station snack for this road trip? Shoot. Um Do you have one? I do, but like I feel like it just depends, honestly. Um I would agree. I have a few I have a few different go-to gas station snacks. Most of most of the time I'm ever on road trips is for like traveling for sports. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm trying to get something that I know is gonna hold me over for like a while. Yeah. So I'll get like what are those like little checks mix bags? Yes. Like yes. Those are those are so good. There's so many different kinds. So I pick a new one like every time. Now are you are you like a flavor person? Or are you just like regular Chex Mix? Flavor, it has to be flavor. Flavored, yeah. It's too, it's too bland. Otherwise, if I have enough supply of water, I will get some Takis. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I was in the car. You got to have some good water source oh, yeah. for that I have, one. I have a whole like gallon water jug. Yeah. So I just keep that. I keep that. I don't full. have mine. I don't have mine with me, but I have a half gallon water too. I carry around school and people are like, do you drink all of that? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I promise I'm not crazy for this. <laughs> yes, but okay. Takis are great. They're just, they're awesome. Okay, well, this one, because you brought sports, this one I think people will have some very um, intense opinions on. So, mm. like, your go-to after sports game snack or, like, sports drink. Are you, like, a body armor type of guy? Are you a Gatorade? Are you a Prime? Like, or like pregame energy drink that you would drink if you're even into energy drinks. I, the only pregame drink I would drink would be a Red Bull. Oh, he's a Red Bull, guys. <laughs> Those, I don't know what it is about the Red Bulls. They just, I just play better when I, when mm-hmm. I drink them. And then mm-hmm. after, after the games, I'm definitely a body armor guy. Those things, okay. those are amazing. I agree. I literally just got into body armor like the day after my soccer tournament last week. Um, I agree. I like it way better than Gatorade. I am more of a Celsius girl, though. If I have to drink something Mm. before a game, I do Celsius in a protein bar and it just like always hits. Um, I've actually never tried a Red Bull. I am concerned. Like if you ever see me with a Red Bull run, I have like this is me. I have barely any additive caffeine like I'm drinking this. And it has some caffeine in it. But, like, if I'm like this with barely any caffeine, I don't know how I would be with a Red Bull. But I know that there are a lot of my friends who love them. So, yeah. anyway, okay. He's a Red – that that I feel like that says a lot. Do you have a favorite flavor, Red Bull? Um, Probably either the lemon lime or the watermelon. Okay. Both I'll are have really to try good those. flavors. I would suggest either of those. And they, they're just awesome, amazing. Okay. Well, if anybody out there or you ever need a Celsius flavor recommendation, I'm pretty sure I've tried all of them. So I, I've got you on lock on that one. Consider it. Okay. Okay. So now, now I want to talk a little bit more about unity, community type of stuff. Um, one thing that I, I've noticed about you from your social media, from that sort of thing, is you are really adamant about studying the word, staying in the word, like having a relationship with God. Um, but there are a lot of people who have that relationship with God, but they're not as adamant about actually reading the Bible, reading the word. Um, so I was curious about you, like what kind of made you start having like that love for the word and started like digging in? Cause I think that all of us go through this phase where it's like the Bible is boring, even if you want to do it. And even if you like make yourself do it, but I think all of us go through this phase. I did whenever I was like younger, maybe like after elementary school up in the middle school like I would read it but it was just boring so like and then I kind of swapped and unlocked like whoa wait this is actually fire so I'm just curious for you how did that all happen to you tell me a little bit more about that and why you love reading the bible yeah so kind of going up through I mean I'm still fairly young but going Mm -hmm. up through elementary I was I would go to Sunday school, like just kind of keep it simple. And I wasn't, I would always kind of sit in the back and just wouldn't really be involved. Like it wasn't too big of a deal for me, but I did always feel like that connection with God, like kind of, that it was important to be there. I just didn't really see like anything else with it. It was kind of just, you, you go to church, come home. Like there wasn't much significance there. Um, 
And then as I got up through middle school, I started going to a youth group. And one of the big things that they really made a point of was kind of like building that relationship with God. And I went to, you know, some weekend retreats and summer camps and stuff like that. And, and I really got this understanding of when you put other things away and like you fully focus on God, like the different clarity that you can have there, it's just huge. Like there's such a big difference. And so that really got me in, like as going up through sixth and seventh grade, I got really into just reading the Bible and journaling and stuff like that. Just like spending good quality time with God. And there was times, you know, where it was kind of a little bit boring, a little bit this, a little bit that, like it was, you know, I don't know if I want to read all of this or, you know, I probably should study this verse, but you know, whatever, like, I'll just look it up on Google or something like that. Like I didn't, I guess I started really pursuing it more once I started feeling kind of the calling to go into a little bit more ministry. And so I, I started to build that, that relationship with God through reading and then researching a little bit. And then honestly, just taking like really good notes, like in that kind of secret place atmosphere. That's one thing that's been huge for me because you like, you read, you learn, and then you actually spend the time with God and like journal, take notes, like a lot of those different things. That's kind of my whole routine is just reading and then note taking of just thoughts. It's just, I found that that's really worked out for me very well. So, yeah. 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 I would agree. A lot of people ask me a lot of times, um, like, how did you start? Where would you recommend me starting? So I'm curious from yeah. you, either where did you start? Or where would you recommend people to start? Because I know a lot of people ask me, like, where do you start? I didn't really have just like one book that I started in. It was more like a gradual continued reading until one day I was just like, oh, I love this. And so I'm going to continue yeah. doing it. So where would you recommend people to start? Um, well, I started in I started in the New Testament kind of like I, I read some of the Gospels. And then once I really got into like I got into more of anything that was written by Paul, like any of the um, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, like all of those books, there's just so much wisdom in there. And I really found a lot of like connection to those. Cause there's like a lot of talk about building a relationship with God and like stuff that we deal with in our lives, like friendships and like just different like temptation and all sorts of stuff that just really is found in like the back half of the new testament and i really loved all of that like any of that however i would suggest after reading more probably the best book that i've read in the bible is first john mm, i love that book and yes there's such good like conversations that like can come out of that book like i made so many videos on first john i just keep making new videos because i read it all the time and i find new things and i'm like this is so cool i'm like i never knew that this was there and it's just one of those books people don't talk about it very much but first john is so much wisdom like definitely one of my favorite books of the bible and i would recommend starting there because it kind of gives you an example of what a relationship with god looks like honestly that's what i've that's what i found with that book so yeah i love that i kind of like some of paul's letters too um especially if you're more like practical and stuff it's funny yeah i did the opposite of what everybody tells you to do and i really started getting my excitement for the word through the old testament and relating it to my life mm. but i think i'm also whenever it comes to like literature and stuff i'm more of like a story brain more of like that sort of thing yep. um but then as i started getting into paul i really liked it because there's a lot of practical steps and i'm really big on practical uh, but just there were a lot of books like I pretty much read the whole Bible at this point other than a few books but I've definitely read the New Testament multiple times and I'm surprised because recently I've been going back and I've just been continuing to read the the New Testament and a few weeks ago I was like okay I'm gonna try to read first John it's something that I just don't remember ever hitting me like sideways before yeah. and I read it man that's what I call like a little book of gold like it is short Amazing. It is small. You could honestly read it in one sitting and easily, but it has so much gold. And what I like about it too, because I can be a little bit of a nerd sometimes, especially whenever it comes to like literature themes and I enjoy, which this is a whole little side rant, but I'm going to do it anyway. I believe that people should be educated in school and should learn what they need to learn because especially in English, whenever you learn how to analyze a piece of literature, 
um, the way you're supposed to do in school, you can translate that to the Bible. And I used to be like, literature is stupid and I hate it because I'm not a reader. And you know, sometimes I sit in that class and I hate it. But I've seen people, I've been fortunate to, to study under people who have been literature brains and who blew my mind because they were like, look at this theme, look how it connects. And like, I'm like, wait, that's cool. Like, wait, Paul's writings have like a, a thing that they go yes. through. So anyway, that's why I would just say, if you're like, I don't need good grades to get in heaven. No, you don't. But you know, like education does have some value to it. And I, the themes of first John, like it is a succinct theme. Like it continually goes back to the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, oh my goodness. It talks, if you ever want to know what love is, first John, like the relationship, how God loves us. And it just reminds me, like, one of of my big things, why I love first John is I love how it talks about, like, if you just understood how much God loved you, I don't think that we would truly search for another love, like, completely, because we would realize, like, all of our problems would go away on the podcast we talk about, like, how to deal with haters and stuff, like, I truly believe if we understood how much God loves us, people's opinions wouldn't really matter to us as much. Like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's just me going on a little rant. Love first John. I think it's amazing. Um, do you have a, I, I was also curious too. I like asking this question. If there's a Bible character that you feel like you would relate with, like if there was a Bible character that you would say personality wise kind of relates to you. I'm curious. Who and why do you think that they would relate to you? Um, that's a tough one. I'd probably say, and I don't know. Honestly, I think sometimes I guess I could relate to like Peter a little bit and mm-hmm. just kind of the way that he overthinks a lot. <laughs> he does. Uh, and I've, that's something like, I've in my relationship with God, like it's been a big journey and I've kind of learned so many different things through my mistakes. And I feel like Peter made a lot of mistakes, but he did so many good things through his mistakes. So I think that's kind of somebody I can totally relate to. Um, So yeah, I think that's probably, probably one of the biggest connections in the Bible. Um, Otherwise, like just kind of the way that I think would probably be like Paul because he's so direct with his words like he he doesn't sugarcoat anything and so I I think if if I was writing the Bible I would probably write like Paul did so those two people I do connect with very well that's why I love reading in that New Testament area because it's just like it's much easier to to connect with that but Mm -hmm. yeah I'd say those two people probably and I love too Peter because he yeah, he did overthink. He denied Christ. He had a lot of mess ups. And yet he was one of Jesus's best friends. Like he was yeah. in Jesus's top three. And so I and like just a good reminder for us too. like you can overthink, you can mess up. But I think his heart was in the right place. And he wanted to pursue. He yes. continually tried to pursue God and have faith. And Paul, the bluntness, that is literally so true. I think people have a tendency to just read the Bible and they're like, yada 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 this is just words on a page yep. on a book this book just magically appeared to us and supposedly it's god's word like no these were letters written to churches at the time some of the stuff paul says oh my goodness the other day and i talked about this i think yesterday i walked into school i was like yo i just read something in first timothy well that was wild i think it's at the end of chapter one or two i want to say it's at the end of chapter two i'm not sure but he's basically like, um, he's talking about some of the people who have not stayed in the faith or had right intentions or whatever. And then he goes, yeah. among these are, and he names two names. He like calls them out and he goes, who I am leaving to Satan because they've been blasphemous. And I was like, imagine, imagine reading that in front of your church. Like Paul just sent us yeah. another guys, let's read it. And there are times he like drags them through the mud. And I'm like, you know what? More power to you. Um, because I, and that too reminds me like confrontation is not bad in our culture people hate confrontation but confrontation yeah. really is not bad so anyway another side I do that all the time like I, I just do have these little rabbit trails I go on constantly <laughs> yeah. um anyway so so you have a relationship with Jesus obviously 
definitely growing as a young person. Do you ever find that like it's weird because where your values are, where you're, I know I get a lot of DMs of people saying like, I want to follow Christ, but the community I'm around, the people I'm with, they're not following Christ. Or I don't feel like that I can because like, I don't have, I don't have people around me to help me do that. And I'm like different because nobody else around me is following Christ. So I guess what I would say is how would, what advice would you give to those people who says, I want to follow Christ, but they're a little bit apprehensive because they're afraid. Like, I don't have anybody. People are going to think I'm weird. Is it really worth it to do it young? Is it worth it to give up the fun stuff? to do it young yeah I that is a really good question I've I have kind of dealt with that a little bit um I one of the things that I've learned a lot of recently is kind of how your identity works and like how how our generation specifically has so many identity issues um and one of the things that kind of hit me is like don't let the life you have distract you from the life you want and I think so many of us are living wanting to get to Jesus but because of where we're living we think that we can't get to Jesus and I think if we look at like even the disciples for example like a lot of the people that kind of they were around they had to have a lot of boldness to do what they did and they had they had a you know a very good connection with Jesus obviously it's a little different than what we have but boldness is kind of this big thing that comes from where your identity is at And if you don't understand what, like, if you don't have a good foundation in Jesus, it's hard to have a foundation around people. And so I think before you try to work on this boldness and try to, you know, be more open about your faith, I think you really need to jump into like an actual connection and firm foundation with God, because, you know, Jesus took so much time to teach the disciples before he gave them the authority to teach themselves. And so I think sometimes it takes building a relationship before, you know, you can really find that boldness. And so I think best advice would be look at, you know, try to find some people in the Bible who've kind of dealt with the same thing, because there's a lot of people who, you know, couldn't find their identity right away because of what other people thought of them. And, think of what they did to change because there's so many different things, so many different examples. And I think probably the biggest one is they went to Jesus first rather than trying to find a different identity in the world. And so, yeah, that's kind of a big, like you have to have to understand where, where your identity is rooted before you can really jump into that. So if you are one of those people who have said stuff like that before like I don't know should I do this I'm kind of like half and half out like I want to do this I see people doing this who have good lives and I want to but I feel like I can't because I I feel like the bible doesn't make sense to me or I don't have a community just go ahead and rewind hit that 30 second back button because I think that Elijah just dropped some actual wisdom that like I think it would be totally good for some of you guys to hear again because it's so true. Um, I think sometimes the way people get it wrong is they see other people, right, who are living blessed lives, who are living from the fruits of walking with God, having a relationship. I have people come to me. They're like, you have joy, peace. Like, what what's going on? They see other people or on the internet or whatever, and so they want to walk with God because they want to have that result. But in reality, the motivation has to be, I want to pursue a relationship with Jesus. Because I believe whenever you find a relationship with Jesus, you'll realize that's really all that matters. That is yeah. truly all that matters. Anyway, yeah. um, so my next question for you is, how have you found, like, how have you found unity to be really important when it comes to community and your bond with Christ? And, like, also unity within the church? I'm just curious about yeah. that. Um. That's a good question. So I think unity, like for our generation, um, there are so many different cultures and labels that we, you know, that we adopt. And like, it's so easy for us to accept what somebody else thinks of us rather than how God thinks of us. Right. And it's like so many times in 
our lives in school in sports like people tell us what they think that we are and we kind of just listen and we kind of just adopt that right and it oftentimes we think that it's building a community but it's not building it off of the right foundation right and so there's kind of two different ways to look at community because there is a lot of communities right but they're not always good communities and there you can be in this community of a false identity or you can be in this community that's based off of unity and connection and like being there for one another and so I think in the church one of the things that has kind of been all over recently in the church is like people trying to teach without community right and one of the things that I've kind of been learning recently is your teaching is honestly irrelevant if you don't have community because think about it like you try to go up to somebody out of the blue at your school and you tell them you know hey Jesus loves you right that can make a huge impact on them and then you walk away and they look you up on social media and they saw that you just posted something you know very secular or something that's not you know that's not leading them to Jesus at all, they're suddenly going to have a completely false understanding of who Jesus is, right? And so if we're trying to build a community based off of unity, we first have to build like a relationship with God so that we can teach others about God. And so that's something I've been like really trying to understand because it's so easy for me to be like, build a community, build a community, build a community. But if I am not working on my own relationship, then it's, it's impossible for me to teach community and to teach unity. And I think that's why people are struggling to find it so much. People struggle to find unity because they hear the right teaching, but they see the wrong motives and they see the wrong like view and understanding. And, you know, it, it ends up harming them with a false identity because they don't understand what unity even means. So yeah, unity really comes from relationship. And if you don't have that strong foundation with God, that's why unity is, that's why unity is all over the place because people don't understand what it even looks like anymore. Yeah, that is, that's so good. I think the relationship with Christ is kind of like a glue that holds it all together that we keep coming back to. If you want to have these awesome things like you have to have that foundational walk with Christ but then also exactly what you're saying and I see this in Gen Z so much um this idea of Jesus is a trend like it's popular Mm -hmm. to it's popular to be this form of lukewarm Christian and I think that uh if Paul was still here today he would probably write a letter to the Church of America and be like y'all are too comfortable and being the, I love Jesus, I live for him, like having the bio yeah. Philippians 4.13 or whatever yep. verse it is. But there are people who I remember even like I go to their bio and it would look like, oh, I love Jesus. I'm such a Jesus follower. Woo, woo, woo. But then I know them in life and I'm like, that's not congruent with you. And so exactly. even whenever they make a good point, even whenever they say something, I'm like, yeah, I'm going, but it makes me not want to believe it when you do do a good point, whenever your reputation exactly. is one that is not good. And I totally believe people can change. Like if you've had a past that you're not proud of, if you ha- have had a past that you're like, that isn't representative of Jesus, you can choose to change that. And people Absolutely. will see, people will see, wait, yeah. this person has actually changed. But what you can't do is just try to cover it up and smooth it over by saying like, oh, well, I'm going to change now by just changing on the outside, but then you, your, your personal walk doesn't change totally. and you're not building the relationship with Jesus or you're still dabbling in the world. You're still dabbling in the lukewarmness of the world, but you've just smoothed it over and been like, oh, but I'm just going to post a few more TikToks that have Jesus's name. And they're like, no, like actually live for Jesus and see where he's leading you. And I believe that reputation is going to change. All right, so on the tail end of us talking about like community, unity, stuff like that, um, how have you found that that having Christian community has helped you in any way? Or have you found that it's kind of hard to build that like, like just stuff like that? Like just talk about Christian community for a second and the benefits of having that Christian community as well. 
Yeah. So Christian community, it's, it's one of those things that like, you don't think it would impact you until like you really build it. And it's one of those things that God will definitely provide. Like he will give you those friendships and that church and like stuff like that. But it's, you definitely have to cultivate it. Like you have to really um, practice it and work on it. And it's helped me so much. Like there's just this sense of belonging that you feel like, I mean, it's different than just going to a church where you're like, you're welcome. And it's like, you, you know, you get that feeling, but it's like having that specific connection with like a group of other Christians that are on the same path and mission as you. Um, it's just like, it's beautiful. Like you really get to have that connection. And it's kind of like the way that you think you could talk to God and tell him anything you can do that with like a strong community and you can yeah. really be open with them and build that. Um, and I think like building community, it, sometimes it's looked at more of like a chore and like people think it's like, you know, I have to do the same with like reading the Bible. They look at it like it's a chore and like, this is something I have to do. Right. And I think it shouldn't be looked at as a chore. It should almost be looked at more as like a gift in a way. And it should be built out of, compassion it should be built out of love for that other person right and once you start to look at it like it's a gift from god and like this is god really using um these other people in your life it it becomes so much more powerful and like beneficial to you because you start to understand where where your life is really going like what god's calling is for you can be found so much through your community um, just that kind of strong validation that's not from the world, but it's more from God. Um, you just, you really get a sense of your identity and who you really are. So I think community's really, it's really helped. I mean, like life, life can't really be given to someone if compassion isn't centered around it. And I think in community, you really find the sense of care, compassion, and it's just, it's this life-giving experience that really brings unity honestly that's kind of where it comes from yeah. So, yeah yeah and I want to talk about community for a minute too because I think I think that Satan tries to attack community because he knows how life-changing it is whenever you look at Absolutely. the bible though the the times the things that the most stuff happened community Jesus did not have a job he was homeless but what did he have a community and yeah. what did that community do it clothed him it provided him all of these things like community is important and I've had friends before who are like oh I'm so busy I can't do this I can't do this I can't do this um I'm only really going to school and then I'm, I'm doing all this stuff I understand there are busy things but community is important and so if you don't have time to invest in Christian relationships I think something kind of needs to change a little bit like Totally. If you're going to school is great. I think that you can even be building community on sports teams. It, it doesn't have to look like, oh, I have to have a play date every single week, you know. But I do believe that whenever you start to surround yourself with, here's a group of people who are Christians, who are imperfect, but we choose, okay, we're going to center our friendship around Christ. You collectively choose together, centering our friendship around Christ, and then you... um and then you go towards that together with that in mind, even if they, you both start out lukewarm, that is how change happens in your own life again. So people are going to try to say, well, there are only lukewarm people around. There are people who I can't be with, you know, have that's one thing on our, our content creator zoom that I think, um, Elijah, Elijah. Oh my goodness. Why did his last name slip my Lamb. mind? Yes, Elijah, because I love yes. him. I follow him all the time. It's he was yeah, like, some, um, but one of the things he said that just stuck with me is like, some of you guys are waiting to have these like perfect Christian friends. Whenever all you have is lukewarm people around you, you need the lukewarm Christians in because you just need somebody with the light of Jesus in them. So y'all both may start out being lukewarm, but whenever you're coming together and choosing to be a Christian community, choosing to have Christ at the center of the friendship, then like, I think that that can also that can like radicalize your life completely. And what he was saying, like without compassion, like your friend is not going to be perfect. I've, I've said that on this podcast before, but also like whenever you go into a friendships, instead of saying this person is absolutely perfect, what can they do for me? But how can I love them? Like Jesus would, it yeah. changes the game because they're going to mess up. Every single person is going to mess up. Um, But then that also 
changes how you treat them because all of a sudden whenever they mess up you're not going to talk bad about them whenever they do something you're going to call them higher because true love for that person is saying hey you're sinning right now and I'm going to call you higher because you don't need to do this like this is separating you from your walk with Christ even when it's not fun like doing stuff that is true brotherly love for them yeah but I saw I saw you opened your bible I'm curious did you have something I did (laughs) um so yeah i think you brought up like kind of the example that jesus gave like of his he didn't he didn't he wasn't a pastor of a church right jesus just had a community right and it was one of those things that he really built and he really focused on and he always showed kind of two things love and humility and those are big things that have to happen in community right um and so in philippians amazing book in chapter two, it's kind of talking about imitating Christ's humility. It's one of like one of my favorite things in the Bible. It says each of you should look not only at your own interests, but at the interests of others. And it says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And when we do that, when we look at other people's lives, and when we really take the time to understand what somebody else is experiencing and what somebody else is going through, community just flows through that right? Because unity is centered around like you not just focusing on yourself, right? You can't just live for whatever you want to do and like whatever your calling is, like you have to really build connections with other people. Um, And I can't remember who said it, but somebody said humility isn't thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less c.s lewis yes that's who it was yeah it's so good like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't think less of yourself you should think of yourself less and that's yes it's so simple it's so simple but so true yeah it's yeah it sounds simple until you have to really do it but it's like once we get to that point where we put others before us that's kind of where unity just comes from right and jesus had he was just amazing at that he, he flowed like just love compassion unity community just out of him and he really showed such a good example to his disciples and i love how his disciples made so many mistakes along the way like like people would approach jesus and they would be like jesus you can't can't talk to that person or jesus you can't touch that person they're unclean and jesus would just be like no they are part of who i am and what i'm trying to accomplish on this world and he set such a good example of you know nobody is perfect so don't think less of anybody else right and i just i, I loved how paul kind of just threw that in there like imitate christ's humility and that's like where it comes from like jesus if you want to learn how to have humility just look at jesus and you'll build community and unity through that every single time it's amazing that's like where it really comes from that's so important and if you have that christian community again you have to keep christ at the center of it continually so i'll I'll share the story i in the past i've had like a christian community group right where it was like it started off we were at this like high of like yeah jesus and then it kind of dwindled and the focus of most people i mean there were a few that were different kind of shifted more like oh well we're just going to be friends to be friends but like christ doesn't want at the center of it anymore and so what happens is is that then whenever there's some people who are still like woo jesus but then there's some people who are like no then there can sometimes and this is what i want to talk about in unity unity is so important it christ makes it so clear in the bible how important unity actually is um being in harmony and how being the church being in unity is so important um and so there are times and and passivity does not equal unity if you're in a group of people who are just being passive and who are just like oh well i'm not gonna say anything to this person they're making a bad decision i'm not gonna say anything to this person i talked to one guy at one point and i said we had a mutual friend and the mutual friend was making a bad decision and i told this mutual friend hey I love you and I support you as a person, but you know that this decision is not what's best for you. And I asked, I asked our, um, my other friend who also knew this guy. And I said, have you talked to him about this yet? And my other friend was like, 
no, I'm not going to say anything to him because we're pretty tight. And, you know, I just I just wouldn't want to say anything to him. And the issue with that is from the outside, it looks like unity. It looks like, oh, things are peaceful, but it's passivity. It's not unity. Um, unity is saying, okay, I'm going to line my heart with Christ's heart and with all of these other people's hearts. And we're going to be harmonious in this discord. And that continually comes by putting again Christ at the center and saying, okay, let's all work towards aligning our hearts with Christ's heart because true brotherly love would be going to somebody. That's why God, like God confronts his disciples. Jesus confronted his disciples so much. Paul says like, listen, you got to confront people because it's important. That's how you live in unity. Because whenever you just let people like, oh, and and that's again, something our culture does. Oh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. So they're going to be living blatantly in sin. And I'm going to let them damage their own life and damage their relationship with Christ. Yeah. But, and that's not showing love. That really is saying, I care more about my standing and the way you view me than I, than I truly love you. And to me, I remember, cause I had a conversation with my youth pastor whenever I was going through the situation of like, I felt like I needed to exhort somebody. And he was like, Claudia, your view like how they see you because they may think you're the worst person ever but first coming to them and saying hey you need to stop doing this when in reality you're showing them brotherly love and jesus knows that you're showing them brotherly love so like them hearing from somebody saying you're damaging your relationship with christ by doing this and i'm calling you higher that's true love and that matters more than how they think about you so yeah. anyway, and that provides unity as well. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I have written down from, like recently I went to a retreat for with my church and it was all about focus and identity like on Jesus. Mm-hmm. One of the things the pastor said was we have capability, but we don't have God's guidance, right? We are perfectly capable of doing something, but without God's guidance, we are capable of doing the wrong thing right so I think so often we think oh they're perfectly capable to handle that on their own well they may be perfectly capable but just because they're capable doesn't mean they know where to go right and there's this like idea that people can do whatever they want they can make their own choices and right yeah you have to be a little bit independent but without some guidance you can walk down the wrong path without even knowing it because people tell you that you're going the right way because they're too scared to tell you the right way. Right. And so just one of those things, like I have so many cool notes in here, just from random stuff that I've seen Um, our generation, like we have this zeal, like this just eagerness to find something. Right. And often in community, that's why Gen Z can either have a super strong community or just a very weak community because we are all searching for something bigger. Right. And so we can kind of get to this point where our community becomes bland because we aren't centering it around the biggest thing, right? And we start to lose focus of having God as the center and all of our like knowledge just kind of fades because, you know, God's not there anymore and God kind of loses that. And one of the things I've written down is zeal without knowledge is like a sword in the hands of a lunatic, and I don't know where I read that, but it's like one, That's of so things, good. one of the best things I've ever read because we have this eagerness, but we don't have this knowledge. And it's just like, where, what are we trying to do? Where is our community centered? And we're losing, we're losing sight of what truly matters because we're refusing to pay attention to knowledge. So there's just two super important points that we need to start. We need to keep living by. Yeah, no, that's so, that's literally so good. Um, I don't know where you got that too, but that's, that's actually genius because like you can have all of the power, but it's like a race car. If you have no direction, exactly. like it can just go wherever it needs to go. So like, again, having the knowledge in the Bible, that's where it's going to direct you. And I think that's why God tries to, uh, not God, Satan tries to get us off track so much. Um, mm. But anyway, Wow, that was so good. This conversation's been so good. Um, the question I try to end with, or that I ask every single guest, is since we are the No Haters Club podcast, how do you deal with haters in your everyday life, social media, any way you want to take that question? Um, honestly, I try to approach it with 
understanding. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I've, I've heard different ways to go about it. Some people are just like, ignore them. Some people are just like, you know, you're the right person in this situation, you know, fight back. And I'm like that, you know, you can't do that one. <laughs> um, and some people are just like, understand. Cause I think sometimes people that hate are coming from, um, personal experience and they like they think that they have 100% reasoning to hate on you and then other times people just hate because of jealousy and I think if you don't approach them with love they will they're just going to keep hating right because they've every time they've hated somebody they've received hate back or they've just been ignored and that's just feeling them even more and so I try when somebody is hating on me or when somebody just purely is you know just getting on my nerves. Like they just don't want to leave me alone. They're purposely trying to frustrate me and lead me off track. I'll approach them with kind of like authority, but understanding, like I want them to understand why I do what I do, but I want to understand why they would do what they do. Like, I want to understand why are you hateful? Because it's most of the time it's springing from something that they have dealt with. And it's, it's terrible to just ignore them because then they feel, you know, even more reason to hate because nobody wants to talk to me nobody wants to understand me and if you just fight back then they get even a bigger reason because they're like you know people don't understand my opinions people don't respect what I believe and so it's just like if you don't take the time to understand the people who hate you you know you won't have an understanding of love either because you've never had to deal with the opposite side of it so I think that's that's kind of the best way that I try to look at it that's that is awesome i think that that's an amazing answer and one that i i don't hear as widely as i do other answers um but just taking the time to simply humble yourself which is what you were talking about earlier and saying like because we have a tendency to get like our pride wells up and we have a tendency to just like fight back right but it's going taking a second and being humble feeling the sting of the hurt but then going okay i'm going to take a minute to understand you And sometimes people are just going to hate to hate and you just understand, okay, that's what they're doing. But you go at it from an angle. There have been a few times, not many, I don't do this the best sometimes, whenever I've gotten a hate comment or a hate DM and I've just taken the time to be kind and nice and question them further. Why did you say this? And there have been people who've gone, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across like this way or this this mean. Um, You're right. I'm sorry. I was just wanting to help you out or... I was just wanting to say this. I thought it would be funny. Um, and so truly understanding people. I've had people in my life who understanding them more has made me go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like we might need to change on the delivery a little bit. But then I've also had yeah. other people who I've understood and they just truly are not going to be against you. Um, but that's awesome. Anyway, Elijah, I have loved having you on the podcast. You've dropped some wisdom. I think I'm going to love re-listening to this podcast while I edit it. And I think it's going to help so many people answer so many questions. Uh, But thank you for joining us on the Go Haters Club podcast today. So thank you for having me. So catch me if I fall.